Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Eagle Ridge Bible Fellowship on this glorious summer Sunday morning. If you're in the foyer, I invite you to come on in and enjoy the service. And for those of you who are watching us at home, on vacation, or wherever you are, whenever you see this, you are so welcome. And uh, my name is Ariel Bowers. I'm the Director of Worship Ministries here at ERBF. And I have an awesome band this morning, a little small but mighty. Adrian is on bass and he's uh, joining us on vocals, some of the songs. Craig is on percussion and Austin is on acoustic and piano and vocals, the multi-talented Austin Unger. Why don't you join us? You are also part of the worship team whether you realize it or not, why don't you stand with us as we start our worship in praise to our wonderful God.
Yes, Lord, you are waiting. You are waiting here this morning for us to open our hearts, open our ears, open our lives to what you want to do and what you want to say in our lives. And you are a good God, and you are kind, and you are faithful. And so we open up our, our lives to you this morning and our ears, asking you to do your work in us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you turn and say good morning to someone around you. Good morning. My name is Yosef. For those who do not know me, I'm one of the pastors at ERBF. If you consider ERBF your home church, this is just a reminder that there are several ways electronically and in person to support God's work at, here, at, uh, at ERBF. I also want to remind you about our church directory. If you haven't signed up already, Please take a moment now to fill out your information on an action card in front of you and hand it to the ushers after the service. And for July 29th, we decided to have movie night. Bring a chair, blanket, and yourself to come and enjoy an outdoor movie night and snacks. We will start at 8.30. I know here you see 8 o'clock. Uh, and watch The Princess Bride. So hopefully you can join us. Um, after last week's message on the God of the mountains, we thought it would be great to hike up uh, a local hill, join us for a 5K, two-hour hike, to the high knoll hill in Minicada Regional Park. We will begin today at 1.30 p.m. starting at the Quarry Road entrance parking lot. And also for the next week, uh, we are going to have junior church. Uh, Kevin Kondo is going to facilitate that. So just, just want to uh, just let you know, grade 6 to 8, girls and boys. Thank you. Thanks, Yosef. Call to Worship this morning is a responsive reading uh, taken from the Psalms on the goodness and the faithfulness of God. That will be the theme that you are going to hear from the singing, from the sermon, that God is faithful and he's good. And that faithfulness and the goodness is demonstrated also in his love for us. And so I will be, I and Adrian will be reading the leader's part, and your part is in bold. So I invite you to read with us with the bold sections. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, and your faithfulness to the skies. I will praise you with the harp of your faithfulness, my God. I will sing praise to you with strength, holy one Israel. For the word of the Lord is right and true, and he is faithful in all that he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. 
I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Why don't we stand and sing of God's goodness and faithfulness and our commitment to wait for him and for his work in our lives. So oh. 
Amen. You may be seated. And uh, kids, you can head off to, uh, to Kid Zone at this time. Well, I want to take some time uh, to, to pray together this morning. Let's pray. Oh, great creator God, we have sung this morning about your goodness, your great faithfulness, your mercies that are new every morning. Lord, sometimes our lives, in our lives, we have seasons that feel like drought as if we're sun-scorched and the renewal and refreshment that we need just isn't on the horizon. And yet, Lord, you have promised in your word that as we trust in you, we will be like those with besides streams of water. You promise that, Lord, you are the good shepherd that you are the one who strengthens, sustains us. You are the one, Lord, that causes us to lay down in green pastures and that you are the one who is, restores our soul, the very core of our being that grows weary and exhausted at times. Lord, we also think of brothers and sisters in the faith and others around the world, Lord, who are experiencing various kinds of distress some are in drought. Some have had so much water in the last day, enough for three months. And they are experiencing flood. And Lord, it is in times like this where we realize how, des how vulnerable we are and how desperate we are for a God who cares. And we thank you, Lord, that you are exactly that kind of God, an ever-present help in trouble. And therefore, we need not fear. Lord, may these truths of your word, your great promises, your great faithfulness be that which sustains and strengthens us and brothers and sisters around the world, Lord, that you may be glorified, that others also may come to put their faith and trust in you and find that you really are the living God who is full of goodness and grace. Amen. Just curious, how many did your homework assignment this last week? Anybody hike a mountain? Yeah, if you didn't, you can come join us this afternoon. I chose a lower, you know, it's a hill, but in the prairies where I grew up, it would be a mountain. Anything that you had to, you know, yeah, was significant. Well, as a kid growing up on the prairies, my favorite part of a rain shower was seeing a rainbow stretch out across the sky. I didn't yet know it, but there was so much more to a rainbow than meets the eye. The sheer brilliance and beauty of what I saw, could see was enough to captivate me, as did the stories and the myths associated with it. Was there really a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? I quickly discovered it was too far to walk to find out. It was even too far to drive. 
And it never seemed to last long enough to make it to the end before it disappeared from sight. Well, rainbows took on a new meaning and appreciation for me when I discovered the great why behind them. According to Genesis 9, immediately following the great flood, God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you. I have set my rainbow in the clouds. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears, I will remember my covenant. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Now, as a young boy on the prairie, on a prairie farm, I had never seen a flood. So I couldn't really imagine what that was like until the floodwaters rose that spring, covering our fields and washing out our main road into town. Suddenly, we were cut off from the rest of civilization. Remember, I was six years old, so that was as far as I knew. Uh, Yet it was comforting to know, as I had learned in Sunday school, that as bad as the flooding was that year, God had promised he would never let it get as bad as the flood in Noah's day. I was discovering that there is much more to a rainbow than meets the eye. A rainbow was not simply a beautiful, divine work of art. It was a huge sign in the sky of God's faithfulness in the very storms that had threatened to flood us out. I later discovered that there was far more, that the rainbow has far more than the seven colors that I had learned in school. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Uh, According to Wikipedia, uh, Isaac Newton, who you know, who first coined that must have been slightly colorblind since rainbows now in the modern world have red, orange, yellow, green, cyan, blue, and violet. Who knew? It's not simply colorblind people like me that can't see the full spectrum of colors that a rainbow has to offer. The human eye cannot see the the colors at either end of the spectrum. I mean, that little window in the middle, there's infrared, and then there's x-rays and gamma rays. There's all of these parts of it that we do not see. But according to several sources that I read, there are still about a million shades and hues potentially visible to the human eye. But oh, (laughs) what a spectacular view it is to see what our eyes do permit us to see in a rainbow. So even in my limited research, I discovered that there is literally more to a rainbow than meets the eye. But rainbows are also filled with symbolic meaning, especially in Christian thought. And many Christians and non-Christians alike tend to miss them, given the, the widespread contemporary use of the rainbow flag as a symbol of gay pride. The appropriation of cultural or religious symbols by others for their own use has a long history that I do not plan to delve into today. One response that I believe is wise to take is to make sure that we know and are able to share with others the rich history and meaning the rainbow has had and still has for us. So this morning, I want to explore at least five meanings to the rainbow that the scriptures give us, each one revealing something important about God and his people. First, rainbows 
convey beauty. This is what first struck me as a child, and I think it is the one thing that stands out to anyone who has ever seen one, whether they have heard of Noah and the big flood or not. I have seen some great pictures of rainbows, as I'm sure you have, but even the best picture pales in comparison to seeing the real deal. I've been moved to awe while standing at the base of a, of a waterfall in Yellowstone National Park. While the, the mist refracted the light and a big rainbow appear. I can also remember being sta- stopped dead in my tracks, walking across a parking lot out in Abbotsford, when suddenly the clouds parted, the sun broke through, and there was a rainbow stretched across the sky. I had to stop and at least try to capture it on my phone. So I can understand, I think, why the prophet Ezekiel, when trying to describe the indescribable glory and radiance that surrounded the one who sat on the throne in heaven, and that it was like, he says, like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day. It was the one thing in all of creation that he knew that came anywhere close to the beauty and glory of what he witnessed in his God-given glimpse into heaven. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord, he said. And when I saw it, I fell face down, and I heard the voice of one speaking. God, it would seem, is surrounded by rainbow-like beauty. Our appreciation for beauty is clearly rooted in God's and is a part of what it means to be made in his image with a capacity to recognize and appreciate reflections of his beauty. This being said, I think it is also important to remember that there are, of course, many other kinds and forms of beauty as well, including some scars. We often think of an ugly scar But it was only when doubting Thomas in the New Testament saw the scars of the risen Jesus that he fell face down like Ezekiel did before God's glory. Well, rainbows also show us a rich and wonderful unity in diversity. We often speak of light as being white. But a rainbow or a prism With that, we are given a glimpse into how richly diverse and multifaceted light really is. A great unity, but without bland uniformity. The Apostle Peter taps into, I think, rainbow-like imagery when he says in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Poikilos, that word in Greek for various, often also means multicolored. As the presence and light, I think he's getting at, as the presence and light of the Spirit of God shine through us, the multicolored grace of God is displayed so that in all things, he said, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. I was thinking back to the Eagle Ridge Bible Fellowship talent show. Those of you who were here will remember seeing just a a wide 
array of talent on display. And uh, Bruce Pope was not able to do a song and dance routine, but he did make a wonderful new door at the back that is, I think, could have been featured in the, uh, in the talent show as well. A part of this, the display that God is saying is his grace is working through his people. This rich, rainbow-like unity and diversity is also on display not only in the gifts of the Spirit, but in the very makeup of the church. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, the Apostle John, he sees the people of God as God sees them. And he says, I looked, he says, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches. There they all are, all dressed in white, and yet they appear as a multicolored, multi-ethnic multitude in a city adorned by precious stones of all colors, from jasper to sapphire, emerald to amethyst. As writer Andrew Wilson notes, viewed from one perspective, the people of God are one color, Viewed from another, they represent every color on the spectrum. The church, he says, is the true rainbow nation. The place where God's people are many and one at the same time. Staying in the book of Revelation for a moment, we come across a third insight. Rainbows also reflect God's unapproachable brilliance. In the uh, biblical stories... When God appears to people, we find two images, the sun and the clouds. As we saw a few weeks ago, the sun communicates the dazzling radiance of God, the brilliant light of his purity, his excellence, his perfection. Clouds, on the other hand, speak of God's hiddenness, his invisibility, the only wise God whom no one has seen or can see in all of his fullness on this side of glory. But to quote Andrew Wilson again, when the light and unapproachability come together, when the midday sun shines brightly through thick cloud cover, you get an explosion of rainbows. This is why when John first sees the Holy One enthroned in heaven, in Revelation 4 verse 3, he saw a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. That is the best human description he could give of what unapproachable light looks like. So, the, actually, the unapproachability of a rainbow that I, you know, thought about as a kid is actually true. Uh, so, just the slide. This week I discovered as the light enters a rainbow from one, I mean, as the light enters a raindrop, from one direction, typically a straight line from the sun, those light rays are then reflected back off the back of a raindrop, not all of them, but a good portion of them, and they fan out, you can see, as they leave the rain, as the raindrop. And the light leaving that raindrop is spread over a wide angle, but the brightest and most, it is most visible at 40.89 to 42 degrees. Just the right angle. So if you keep walking, you're going to change the angle. And you're not going to see that. You're, ever, you're never going to approach, find out if there really is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Well, just a little aside there. 
Now, the fourth and most explicit meaning given to rainbow in Scripture is as a sign of God's covenant. In Genesis 9, and as we saw last week when Noah came out of the ark, when it landed at Mount Ararat, God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Covenants in Scripture are accompanied by signs that function as reminders. So when God makes a covenant with Abraham, circumcision is the sign, the reminder of that covenant. The Sabbath was a reminder of God's covenant. It was a gift given once a week to remember. In the New Testament, right, Jesus at the Last Supper, the bread and the wine become that covenant reminder. In Genesis 9, it is a rainbow that is given as the reminder of his commitment. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. I was reminded of a Peanuts cartoon. If it wasn't for licensing restrictions, I would have showed it to you, but I'll have to tell you it instead. In the first scene of the Peanuts cartoon, Linus and Lucy are watching the rain through their living room window, and it is just torrential. It is just pouring. Boy, look at it rain, Lucy exclaims. What if it floods the whole world? And Linus reassures her in the next scene. It will never do that, he said. In the ninth chapter of Genesis, God promised Noah that would never happen again. And the sign of the promise is the rainbow. In the next scene, in the cartoon, there is still a torrential downpour happening. And yet, Lucy breaks out in a big grin. And she says to Linus, you've taken a great load off my mind. And then it is Linus in the last frame who has the big grin on his face as he says, sound theology has a way of doing that. <laughs> Linus is right. Rainbows are reminders of a foundational, life-changing reality. No matter what we do, God is faithful. He always keeps his promises. This point uh, prompted me to remember a rainbow connection in, in my own life. Some of you have heard this story before. But it was in the fall of 1995. My wife Elaine and I were expecting the birth of our third child a little sooner than we had anticipated. I was, at that time, had graduated from a seminary and was looking for a pastoral position. In the meantime, I was working on construction and to help pay the bills. And I remember we had just gotten through uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, yet on this day as I was going out to work, Elaine began expressing concern over the pain that she was experiencing, unusual pain. I thought, that can't be birth pains. It's still like she's got months to go yet before she was due. So she said she would phone the doctor and that I should go to work. So I did. This was before we had cell phones. Well, it was worsening by the time I got home for supper. In fact, it was a lot worse. And we decided, I said, let's go to ER. And soon, 
when we got there, a flood of pain and concern bordering on panic began to happen. And she quickly required emergency surgery to try to save her and the baby. They both survived, thankfully. And we then spent weeks in the hospital, weeks visiting uh, our newborn baby, Ryan, in the neonatal unit. First, he had been hooked up to, uh, well, life support and had somebody watching over him every day. And it was an emotional roller coaster because there was a sign of improvement and then down. And there was an emotional roller coaster for weeks on end. And eventually, though, it began to be signs of improvement. And they told us, tomorrow you're going to be able to take him home. I don't know that I've been counting the days, but that would be the 40th day. And as we'd been walking in and out of the neonatal unit each day, I realized until it was the 40th day that there's a rainbow right over that entrance that we had been going in and out of. And God made a rainbow connection for us to say, there's still some <laughs> recovery. We still didn't know how things were going to turn out, but it's just like God saying, you can trust me. Trust me, I got this. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the message. Maybe you have your own rainbow connection story or how God spoke to you in the midst of, of a time in life where he reminded you of a promise. So, but my final point first. Finally, rainbows, fifthly, are a sign of God's peace. When God says in Genesis 9, I have set my rainbow in the clouds, the word translated rainbow is the Hebrew word for bow, as in, you know, a bow that fire, a weapon that fires arrows, kaseth. Biblical Hebrew doesn't have a separate word for rainbow. So, as Andrew Wilson puts it correctly, I think, this is God's announcement that he is hanging up his bow, his weapon, holstering his weapon, and committing not just to limit uh, the rainfall, but to bring peace to all of creation. Now, naturally wonder, how will God destroy evil and make peace with humanity? Well, the rainbow carries with it a promise of peace, it is the cross that becomes the final fulfillment of that promise to make peace. The God of the rainbow brought peace not by ignoring all of our violence and strife, but by letting it be aimed at himself. Allowing himself to be pierced right through to the heart by the hatred and aggression of human beings. And having disarmed the powers of evil, the New Testament tells us, by unmasking and exposing its true intentions, that Satan really wants to be in the place of God, and we actually want to be in the place of God, having exposed and unmasked that, and having absorbed the sins of the world into his own body on the cross, he lowered his bow, so to speak, stretched out his arms to us, inviting us to accept his gracious offer of peace. There is more to a rainbow than meets the eye. Just a few applications. One, I think, is to accept and embrace the offer of peace 
that God has given, that he promised back already in Genesis 9, but that he fulfills in Jesus Christ. And all he asks is that we just admit that we have been rebels against him and that we put down our weapons and that we accept his gracious offer of peace and that he will give us forgiveness and a new life. And he will give us the greatest gift of all, the gift of his spirit to give us peace. Second, it's that we should trust in God's promises. The rainbow is one promise, but it is to let it be a sign of the other promises of Scripture that God gives us, that we can trust in those promises of God. Sometimes they seem slow in coming, but God is faithful. Thirdly, it's a reminder to display God's multicolored grace, as Peter put it, right? Use the gifts that God has given you to serve others and to display God's grace in its various multifaceted, multicolored forms. And fourthly, share the fuller significance, significance of rainbows. We've talked about them, reflections of God's beauty, the unified diversity, the unapproachable brilliance of God. This, how much more brilliant is God? The covenant promise. This rainbow isn't just a pretty picture. It's a promise. It's a sign from God, the promise keeper. And also that it is an offer in the peace. In the rainbow, God has hung up his bow. He has offered his peace to us. Well, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Do you have any rainbow connection story in, in your own life that you would be willing to share? If you do, just, yes, great. Grab the mic. Yeah, go, good, that would be great. So several years ago, we had the opportunity to travel to Africa. And we had just arrived in Kenya, and it was raining. And we were picked up in sort of a, yeah, some kind of four-wheel drive and driven out to the Maasai Mara Reserve where we were going to stay in a tent camp. And it was really muddy. The roads were terrible. And I thought, what is this going to be like? Well, anyway, in the evening, the leader took us. We were a small group, probably seven of us or something, or nine. And they took us up out to an area. And the rain stopped. And all of a sudden, the sun broke through, and there was this enormous rainbow. And it was a field, and it was full of giraffes and zebras mm -hmm. and gazelles and all God's creation. And, I mean, it was totally amazing. I've never seen anything like it. It was like, not really creation, but it must have been like when, when they mm -hmm. got out of the ark. And there were probably more than two of everything, though. But, <laughs> but anyway, we were just absolutely, yeah. And it gave me the opportunity to say to say to you, oh, this is just like God's creation, I probably said, but when Noah came out. So it was my experience of a rainbow. Thank you. That's wonderful. Anyone else?
See, I was just, I was prompted when I was preparing, thinking somebody else might have a, a rainbow connection story. Yes, Helen. Or you can, there, or wherever you want. Is that clear? Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm Helen Dorelli, and many of you know me. Uh, and uh, I presently am living in an independent living arrangement here in Port Coquitlam. And um, I just want to uh, be thankful for the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, how he admonishes us and, and tries to uh, direct our lives, you know. And... Um, uh, I, I have, I'm encountering various faiths, you know, and non-faiths, and uh, so it's quite a challenge, you know, to me. And uh, at, at our uh, one of our uh, meal times, the one of the gals was uh, saying, "Oh, do you know what God's last name is?" And I said, "What is it?" You know, and she told me what it is, and and right away I said, "Listen, I don't appreciate that kind of language, and I don't like to have God's name." Uh, said in vain. And then she apologized right away. It was interesting. So as a follow-up, um, we haven't really had any religious uh, discussion since then, but uh, pardon me if I s mention this incident, but uh, I, I enjoyed going dancing once in a while, and the Legion is right next door, and they have a band once a month. And uh, a bunch of us go there. And um, the same gal was uh, was dancing with us, and, and one of the members also that was in, in dancing with us was uh, also uh, goes to church. And she said, she said, well, I don't know how can how Edna can go to church and then go dancing at the same time, you know. So I had an opportunity to explain to her what it really means to be a Christian, you know. You can have fun too, but you also have to let the Holy Spirit lead you as you uh, lead your life. And I was just thankful for that. And today, I think maybe for supper, I can ex expound on that a little bit to her. But I thank God for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for that. Anyone else? Yes, Linda. Okay, this is... Um just like the rainbow is a sign of God's promise, he gives us signs of his promise and reassurance. Mm -hmm. And I remember the time when my um, now 30-something-year-old daughter was an infant, and she was very ill. And at four weeks old, I had her admitted to the hospital, and she was dying. And one of the things the nurse told me while they were admitting her was that she was producing what they called starvation stool. And uh, that was very sobering because she'd been sick for weeks by that time and she was only a month old. And I went home that night. I left her in the care of the baby ICU nurses and I was struggling with that thought. My baby was dying and she was starving and I had her little room was full of stuffed lambs. I love mm. stuffed lambs. And I always referred to her as my little lamb. And I went into church the next day just begging God for something, just something. I didn't even know what to ask for. And I was a little late getting there, of course. And as we entered the sanctuary, the line of the song, the song called the Spirit Song, it's an old one, we don't sing it anymore. But the line that was being sung at the moment I stepped in the sanctuary was, Jesus, Jesus, come and fill your lambs. Mm. 
And I just stopped and I just wept and thanked God that I knew that he knew my baby was starving. And he knew that I needed to know that he was going to fill that lamb. And God gives us signs in all types yeah. of ways. And sometimes the rainbows are musical. Hmm. And I just thank him for the signs he gives us mm-hmm. when he knows we need a sign. Amen. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I'll just share one last brief one. I was also thinking about a song, uh, The Rainbow Connection, Kermit the Frog. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? I was thinking about it because I have a a good friend, uh, Ken. And Ken was an animator. Well, he still is. But before, I knew Ken before he was a Christian. And in our conversations, um, you know, one of the songs that had spoken to him from a, as a kid was the rain, you know, Kermit the Frog's Rainbow Connection. And there's an element of mystery, you know, involved in that. And one of the wonderful points was when he began to make the connection to the God of the rainbows. And, uh, and he, he realized that was a... That song by this Muppet singing was one of those things that God used ultimately to lead him to faith in Christ. And so it may be in conversations that we have that God will give you an, an opportunity and just to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit as you, as you shared uh, for God to do that. I want to invite the worship team to come up and as they're coming, let's pray. Lord, one, uh, rainbows are wondrous indeed. The sheer beauty and brilliance, and yet, Lord, they are all reflections in part of you, of your glory, of your purity, of your unity and diversity that you also put on display, Lord, through your humble people. But you shine the light of your spirit into lives that become filled with color and meaning and purpose. Lord, um, we thank you for the great promise of peace that you made and the promise of peace that you have kept and that you continue to keep your promises. And Lord, give us opportunity as well to share, Lord, this week with someone the hope that we have, the deeper meaning and significance behind the rainbow and the one who made it all. Amen.